All right, you ready? All right, two people, two people almost ready. Hey, you ready? Come on, ready to get, get into God's Word today. Hey, we are, uh, we are in a series, week two of a three-week series uh, called WTF. If you're here for the first time, you're like, WTF. Hey, here's, here's, what it, here's what it stands for. It stands for, where's the fun? Okay, it stands for, where's the fun? If you're like, hey, that doesn't sound very good to, you know, to say that in church. Hey, that's, that's the whole point. We're trying to have a little fun, okay? And so th- this series is all about fun. It's about joy. It's about enjoying life. And and I have people ask me, how are you going to spend three weeks talking about fun, talking about enjoying life? Man, I could spend three months talking about it. The Bible has a lot to say about it. Um, so, but today, just before we get started in this week two of this series about fun and enjoying life, um, I want to have a little fun today. So, man, when I was growing up, we had, um, we had these things called memory verses. And uh, anybody has some memory verses growing up? You go to, go to kids' church, children's church, whatever, you know, Sunday school. Back in the day, it's what we call it, Sunday school. Now we call it kids' church, but Sunday school. And, and you had a memory verse. And, and if you didn't rem- remember the memory verse, you had some old lady up in your face. You need to remember the memory verse. You're going to hell, little boy. You know, so, like, that's what I did anyway. So, like, but... Uh, you know, today, hey, listen, I don't have any memory verses, but we do have some meme verses because I love me a good meme, okay? So I, th- I think they're gifts from God, and so we're just going to look at it. Why are we doing this? I have no clue. I just think it'd be funny. Okay, let me show you a few of them that I found this week. Homeschool Christian gangsters be like, swear words. <laughs> I love that. Swear word. <laughs> Go to the next one. <laughs> Nobody talks about Jesus' miracle of having 12 close friends in his 30s. Come on, that is a miracle if you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that's a miracle. When you're talking during the service and the pastor makes eye contact with you, watch yourself. Watch yourself. All right, next one. <laughs> if Jesus tried to feed the 5,000 a day, um, I can't eat that. I'm a vegan. Uh, has that fish been tested for mercury? Is that bread gluten-free? <laughs> Love it. When Pharaoh asked where all the frogs came from, <laughs> see, here's the problem. I think that's the funniest one of them all. And all three services are like, <laughs> y'all need to get fun. Okay, never mind. I think it's the funniest one. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, God watching in shock as thousands of his children scrolling by without commenting, amen, liking and sharing his Facebook post. <laughs> deny me before others, I will deny you before the Father. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. Next one. Uh, preacher, sure God said, let there be light, and it was lit. All right. I, like, I like that one. Next one, next one. <laughs> Isaac looking back at Abraham the whole walk back down the mountain like, Dad, really? God will prepare, prepare for himself a sacrifice? Okay. <laughs> Next one. I love it. Uh, when you flush a toilet, the water starts rising. I love it. I love it. All right. This is my favorite one right here. I'm here to heal lepers and whip some hypocrites, and I'm all out of lepers. Could I get an amen? <laughs> That's my favorite one. All right. Hey, here's what I believe. I think that in, in church, in our society, in our culture, I think we've lost the fun. That's why we're doing this series called Where's the Fun? Just to laugh again, man. Some of us need to laugh again. I'm going to say it again. Some of us need to learn how to laugh again. We need to learn how to have some fun again, okay? Everybody in our culture, we're so offended we're so offended. We're so serious. We're, we're, we're downcast in our face. Everybody looking, looking all sad, walking around like this. Like everybody's sad and offended. And I don't know why everybody's on edge, critical. Man, you can't put anything on social media. Man, you, you could be like, you know, I love you. What do you mean by that? You know, just like, so, 
This, this past week, man, I'm, uh, I was just, I woke up Tuesday, I think it was, I was feeling encouraged. I was, I just put something on Facebook, man, God's for you. He's, he loves you. He's, you know, just something encouraging. I had people messaging me. What did you mean by that? Can you prove that theologically? I'll prove it through, I'm going to punch your face. So, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, just like, shut up. Just like, why you got to be so critical, man? Everybody's in a bad mood, stressed out. And, and I get it. Like, life's hard. I get it. We're stressed out, and, and life's hard, and there's pain, and we have our past to deal with, and we've got work problems, we've got the devil trying to steal, kill, destroy. I, I get it. Life is hard, but we've forgotten how to have fun. We've forgotten how to laugh. And I, I said this last week. I'll say it again. Here's what I know, and here's why I say you've forgotten is because when you were a kid, you had no problem having fun. When you were a kid, man, that, that was your goal every day. Man, I have fun. I, man, I was reminded of this yesterday. We went to uh, a wedding last night, by the way. Hey, um, congratulations to Chandler and Caitlin right over here. Got married last night. Woo! Love it. Went to their wedding last night, had a good time. Um, we, t- we took our kids with us. My 10-year-old, he's, he's redheaded, and uh, he, you know, he, he's funny because, like, man, if, he, if he just walks down the stairs, he just turns beet red. He's just a ginger, you know. He just turns beet red. And, and uh, last night, I mean, they're out there at the golf course, so they're out running and playing and stuff. And it's like it's at the reception, and it's, it's like it's, it's, the, it's, the part of the re- like, it's the part of the reception where they ain't cut loose yet. You know what I'm talking about? So it's, it's just like the kind of the beginning part of the reception. Everybody's still in their, in their tuxes, and every, everybody's looking good and stuff. My boy's out playing and running around, and, and I see him running up like this. My man, he's got red hair. It's all, his hair's looking like this. His shirt collar's popped like this. His shirt's completely unbuttoned, no shirt underneath, just running up. Grass stains, just covered in sweat, just so happy. I'm like, can we butt in the shirt, buddy? We are, they got a tux on. You can, you can quit showing your belly button, you know, like just, just, just having fun, enjoying life. But I think we've forgotten, especially, listen, especially church people, we've forgotten how to have fun. We've forgotten how to fun, how to fun, especially in church. And you, you probably, listen, I hear, here's what I know, that if you grew up going to church, you weren't supposed to have fun at church. Where you weren't supposed to have fun. You know, you wanted to have fun. And we, we, you used to get in trouble for trying to have fun, didn't you? Because you know there's something to laugh at. There's always something funny at church to laugh at. Because church people are funny, you know? There's always something funny to laugh at. I, I remember going up and we, well, man, I just wanted to have fun at church when I was a kid, but you weren't supposed to have fun. They told you, you know, hey, this is not a place for fun, okay? And uh, do not smile in the house of the Lord, you know? And so it wasn't a place to have fun, but you were looking for someone to have someone, and, and you'd see things to laugh at, but you didn't know if you were supposed to laugh at them or not. I remember, man, I always wanted to laugh at the person singing the special. Come on, you guys remember the special? You don't remember? Somebody's trying to sing a special? Come on, sister so-and-so, she ain't sang ever in her life. She ain't sang in 14 years, you know. It's, it's like American Idol, like somebody should have told her, you know, but they didn't tell her, and she's up there, and she, she's, she's trying to sing, and it's just like, oh, Lord, you know, bless her, Jesus, bless her, bless her, <laughs> you know. And I remember, man, we, I, I remember I was on the drum. I used to play drums when I was a kid. I'd be up on the drums. I remember this one guy, and Tony, you're going to laugh. So, I mean, I remember this one guy, but he, uh, I can't say his name, but he, he he, he, he did a special, you know, and he gets up there, and it's just like, roll the tape, roll the tape in the back. There's always that awkward, like, five seconds, you know? <laughs> so, roll the, okay, find the tape picks up, you know, and then my man, he's just standing there, and it kicks on Amazing Grace, and he turns into Elvis <laughs> on stage. Oh, oh, my, 
You know, just like, I'm like, what just happened? I'm on the drums dying. My parents like, shut up. Stop it. Stop it. Stop your laughing. In the back, just yelling at me. Man, we, we had a guy who was a whistler. His special was he would whistle, and he'd get up there and whistle, and people would be like, and get, feeling it, like dropping out in the Holy Ghost, just like feeling it. Like he's, do you guys not see he's whistling? Is this not funny to anybody else? Man, we, we have, I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. I shouldn't. Okay, I'm going to anyway. Can I say it? Don't, don't, don't get offended. We're just having fun. Okay, so you guys remember the transparencies on the wall? You, you don't, you remember? So back in the day, we didn't have projectors, so we had transparencies, and we had, we had the clear things, you know, and so somebody had to take the transparency off and put the next song lyrics on. So you, you guys remember this? Yeah, someone, so we had transparencies as one church. The only problem is, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so, okay, so the only problem was the guy who did it was missing a finger. Now, here's the thing. That, that's fine, and I love him, and he, he had a place in ministry, but when you're like a 10-year-old sitting out there, a 12-year-old, and my man, every time his fingers are on the wall, listen, that just may not be the right ministry for him. Like, if we had a cross-country ministry, that's not the ministry for me, okay? The projector ministry was not the ministry for him. And I'm just like, is nobody else seeing this? This is funny. Shh, don't laugh. Don't have fun. Don't have fun, right? All right, Josh, hold on. Josh having fun. He's wound up today. But for, I mean, I could go on and on. But here's the thing. We came to church. We wanted to have fun. We wanted to laugh. But we were told we weren't supposed to. And a lot of us, we grew up in homes where you were told that you were still supposed to be seen and not heard. Right? Well, like, like, hey, life is too hard to, to have fun all the time. It's not just all fun and games. And you're kind of brought down to this sober reality, you know. But, but the truth is, I think that we're built to have fun. It's good to laugh, man. I'm going to show you this scripture. And, and it, this has been a very helpful scripture for me uh, over the last several months. And I showed it to you last week, but I'm going to look at it at a little bit different angle this week. And, and the reason it's been so helpful for me, if, if I can be honest, um, and this is just me, there, there's a lot of times whenever I'm doing things and having fun, I feel guilty. And maybe it's just something I need to work through. But I feel like if, if I'm feeling that, maybe some other people are too. Grew up kind of in a strict religious environment. So there, there's times even where, like, you know, I feel guilty. I'll feel guilty for having a good time or for having fun, for enjoying life. Like, oh, you know, life is too serious and I shouldn't be, I need to be working more, be spend more time doing this, you know, like. And so let me show you this scripture. This is the word of God. This is not the word of Seth or the word of, you know, some kind of, you know, motivational speaker. It's the word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. God says, so I commend. Another translation, the NLT says, so I recommend. I recommend the enjoyment of life. God says, I recommend, literally what that means, the NLT says, I recommend having fun. I'm going to read that again. God says, I recommend having fun. He says, because there is nothing better. Everybody say, nothing better. That doesn't mean there's nothing more, there's nothing more important. There's important things in life. But there's nothing better while you're going through the important things in life and dealing with life. There's nothing better for people in this world to eat and drink and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. That way, man, you, you get a little, you, you experience something. You experience life, experience happiness while you're going through the grind and the pain and the hurt and the hustle of life. There's nothing better. You know what I love about this scripture? 
When I read this scripture for the first time, you know what it was for me? It was God giving me permission to have fun. Like I needed his permission. I know that sounds crazy, but when you, you, when you kind of grow up, and even in our culture, man, it's so like about what you accomplish and what you're worth and what you do. When you grow up and you hear this and, and you, you see this, it's like, man, God's giving you permission. Listen, here's your big idea. God has given you permission to enjoy life. You have God's permission. The message today is called Permission Granted. You have God's permission to have fun, to enjoy life. Some of you need that permission. Some of you are just going through life and you're just watching. And you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you feel like you're watching other people enjoy life, but you're just kind of like, your life is like, man, I get up and I go to work and I come home and I eat and I watch Netflix, I go to bed, and it's the same thing over and over again. You're not really enjoying it. There's not a lot of satisfaction. There's not a, not a lot of joy in your life. Listen, I want to give you permission to enjoy the life that God has given you. The last several years, we've gotten, uh, you know, more and more chances to speak uh, around the country and travel and do some leadership things and coach and all, all kinds of fun stuff. But, you know, I've been flying more and more. But here's, here's my thing you need to know about me. Whenever I fly, um, I, I am what you call a baller on a budget, okay? I'm a baller on a budget. That's, that's what I tell people. And so if I'm flying, you know where I'm flying? I'm flying in the cheapest seat you can possibly get, okay? It drives, it drives Karis crazy all the time. We'll be flying together, and they'll be like, would you like to pay $2 more to sit next to your wife? I'm like, nope. I'm like, I, I love her. We're going to get there together, though, you know. I ain't, I ain't spend that much money. No, no, no. You know, like, <laughs> I'm a baller on a budget. So, uh, so, so, so because of that, like, I'm never springing for first class, ever, you know. And so, you know, but I always walk by the first class people with lots of resentment, I'll be honest, you know. So you walk by them, you're like, look at them people over there, you know. And there's an empty seat over there. Man, I fit really good in that seat, but I'm in a little seat back in the back, you know. But, but never flown first class until about a year and a half ago, uh, Veller and Brandon Veller and myself, we were in Cuba. We were coming back from Cuba and, and been doing some missions work down there. And on the way back, we walk in the plane. They're like, uh, are you Mr. Baltzell? And I'm like, yeah, what did I do? What did I do? You know? Then they're like, no, no. They're like, uh, you know, we, we've noticed that you've flown with us a lot and we have some extra seats in first class. Would you two like to get promoted, get, get, get upgraded to first class? And I was like, well, hello. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, I would like to. And the, the bad part was it was like a 30-minute flight. It's the shortest flight I've ever been in my life. But I still, I got up, we got upgraded. So me and Veller, we go sit in first class, and they come by, and they're like, oh, sir, would you like to have a mimosa? I'm like, mimosa? Have you been back there? Because back there, they just throw peanuts at you, and they're like, you want some to drink? Too bad, you know? But like up here, they're like, could I get you a mimosa? And I'm like, well, how much are they? And they're like, no, 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 no. They're free in first class. I'm like, well, how about this? Mimosas for everybody up here. It's on me, right? You get a mimosa, you get a, like, you know, like, let's go. You know, and they're like, would you like a warm towel? I'm like, well, for what? They're like, wiping your face. I'm like, yeah, give me one. I'm like, oh, this is just lukewarm. I need a very hot towel, you know, like, turn into a diva overnight. But they gave me permission to upgrade. They, they gave me access to upgrade. Today, I want to give you permission to upgrade your life. I want to give you permission to, to move to a different section, so to speak. Invitation to upgrade. Number one, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that fun, enjoying life, it, it, is, it is part of God's instruction. Listen, enjoying your life and having fun is part of God's instruction for your life. I, I know often we grab the Bible and we say, well, this is God's you know, instruction manual for life, and we think instructions, we think rules and what we can and can't do. Listen, the Bible is not just a rules of what you can and can't do. It's, it's, it, it's a story of who you can be. 
It's a story of who God is and, and who he, he's created you to be and who you can be. And, and, and what I love about the Bible is in the Old Testament especially, there's, there's these, this area um, that, that has laws. Now, now, I need you to understand why there's laws in the Bible. Because if you understood the history at this point, you would understand that God's people, his chosen people, had been living as slaves for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so they had completely lost their culture. They had lost how to live. So as, you know, they were living in Egypt and Moses and Pharaoh, the whole thing, they come out of slavery. As they get out of slavery, God needed to teach them how to live again because they had forgotten completely. They did not know how to live as free people. They only know how to, they knew how to live as burdened slave, people in slavery. And the reason I say that is because I think even in our culture, sometimes all we know how to live is people who are burdened down, weighed down. When they're living in Egypt, man, it was just all work. It was no fun. It was no play. Just getting by. A lot of us feel that way. But as God brought them out, as God, as God brought them out, he, he gave them in the law. He gave them instructions on how to live. Now, it's what, what's really interesting about the law, about God's instructions, is that he actually commanded them. It's in his instruction manual that seven times a year they were to have feasts. What that means is that seven times a year they had to stop for the week or the weekend and literally just get together and party. You're like, you talking about partying at church? I don't see him up at the club in Jerusalem. Okay, well, hold on. Understand this, party and feasts and festivals, that's God's idea. Now, the world has taken it and corrupted it like they do everything else. Let's talk about sex. That's God's idea, right? It's a good thing that the world's taken it and corrupted it. You see what I'm saying? That's what the world does. That's what the enemy does. He takes something that's good and he corrupts it, right? So that's just a whole other thing. But like seven times a year, they were to get together and have a party, celebrate, enjoy each other, enjoy life. Did you know that in the law, once a week, God told them, you're not working today. Once a week, he said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to relax. You're going to enjoy your life. You're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor for this past week. You're going to enjoy God. You're going to enjoy your family and everything that God's given you. And you're going to have fun one day a week. Did you know that every seven years on the seventh year that God required his people to take a year off work? You're like, dang, I get behind that. Like, <laughs> I'm about to live a real biblical lifestyle. I'm going to call my boss tomorrow and tell him, you know. For real, like every seven, every seven years in the seventh year, God would not allow them to plant any crops or harvest anything. They had to take a break and enjoy the fruits of their labor. Did you know that on that year that they actually, all of their debts were forgiven? They had to, by law, forgive each other's debts. Could you imagine every seven years? <laughs> Chase Morgan, banker, whatever, call and be like, hey, good news, you're seven, you're debt-free, you know? We could get behind that. But here's why, because God wanted to press reset every few years and let people reset and just enjoy life, not be burdened down by debt. Did you know that on the 50th year, after seven periods of seven years, after 49 years, on the 50th year, it was called the year of Jubilee. It was a year where God literally like, would have his people put everything back the way it was. They would all go back to their original land. So if they'd been bought into, sold into slavery or they dead or anything, it was just a year of celebration. And like this was, listen, it's God's instruction is what I'm saying. God instructed his people, but yet we feel like it's not for us. Well, I can't have fun. I'm too busy. You know, we're programmed that we, you know, we, we don't have time. And, you, and we say, like, well, how can we rest and how can we enjoy life when there's so much to do? The truth is, number two, that fun makes us more productive. If you really learn how to enjoy life and how to have fun, it actually makes you more productive. 
when you learn to rest, when you learn to laugh and get refreshed in your soul, it's like taking time to sharpen a knife or an ax that's become dull. You take time to sharpen, all of a sudden it cuts a lot quicker and it's a lot more productive than just going and going and going and going. It makes us more productive. Over the last few years, I've, I've started watching college football a little more. And I see, when I was growing up, I didn't really know college football was a thing. You know, like I, I knew it existed, but like we never watched it because around here we didn't have a lot of great options for college football, you know. But then I moved to Texas and I learned those people are crazy down there, okay. They love some college football. And then I, then I started doing a lot of stuff in Alabama. Now you want to see some crazy people, you go to Alabama, right. They love some college football, okay. Like and it, when you go to the South, they love their sweet tea, they love their, their food and all that stuff, but they have Jesus and college football, and the verdict's still out on which one they like more, okay? So it's like, <laughs> they like some college football. What's interesting, uh, we went to Alabama for one of the first times, and they have this thing they say, they say, roll tide, roll tide. It's like, yeah, you can say, boo, whatever, it's a roll tide. And so, uh, and so roll tide is like the thing they say for their, for, for their football team, if you're not familiar, you know, but it's fun. they say it all over the place. Roll into Alabama, go to the first gas station there, you know? Like, that'd be $5.44, all right, I pay. And he's like, all right, man, here's your change. Have a great day, roll tide. I'm like, what? Did you just cuss at me, dude? <laughs> like, what? But it's, it's funny because they're obsessed with it. Now, now, here's why I say that, because over the last several years, there's kind of two big teams that have, have really kind of risen to the top. We've got, we've got Alabama, right? And then we've got Clemson, kind of the, two, the, the big two over the last several years. Now, Clemson's coached by a guy named uh, Dabo Sweeney. Alabama's Nick Saban. Now, here's what you need to know about Nick Saban. Like, he scares me. If you ever see him coach, like, he looks scary. I got some friends that have spent some time with him in mentoring. I'm like, my man just doesn't know how to smile. Now, he wins, don't get me wrong. He's a great coach, but he, like, he, ain't, he ain't taking a lot of stuff like, lightheartedly, you know? Like, they'll win the national championship, and he'll be like, that's great. Let's get to work for next year, okay? Just, you know? But Dabo Sweeney on the other side is like, he's much different. He's lighthearted, and he's, he, he's more fun. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, they were playing for uh, one of the big playoff games in the college championship. On the day before the game, instead of studying and going over the plays, you know what he did? He rented out a whole amusement park and took his players to have some fun. Hey, guess who's getting the recruits? They want to go, they want to have fun, right? And, yet, and, and they're actually more productive. They're becoming more productive because fun makes, makes us more productive. It empowers us. That's one of the reasons we're so intentional about having fun around here because we believe that we, and I'm not saying me, I believe all of us together, we are on mission together to reach our city and our region, to grow the kingdom of God. And we together, I believe that we're more productive when we have fun together. That's why we spend resources on making sure our staff and our teams and our leaders and, and all our teams and when we do team nights, all that stuff, we, I mean, we have fun together because when we're refreshed and we laugh together, we're more effective. And you're like, well, it can't be all fun. I mean, life is hard and life's serious. How can we just have fun all the time? I would say this, number three. I think that fun and enjoying life actually makes bad times more bearable. Fun makes bad times more bearable. Listen, if you came in here and you're going through a tough time, I'm sorry. Maybe you walked in and you're, you feel like you're going through hell. I'm sorry. Let me just say, if, if you came in here feeling like that, you may need to laugh more than any of us. And it could be, you know why I, I try to start off just having fun and get people to laugh? Because you forgot about that stuff for a few minutes. You laughed at the memes, laughed at the jokes. Because you know what? It makes bad more bearable. I remember uh, when I was 20, 21, 22 years old, 
I got a phone call that said, hey, your grandma, your grandma Martha Flick, she, she's, uh, she's being rushed to the ER and something's going on with her heart. And so I, I rushed there and, and I got there. I met my whole family. A lot of my cousins were in town. And we, so we all met there. We were in the waiting room and a couple of the, you know, the daughters and one of the sons went back to the back and they were back there for about 10 minutes and we were just kind of on edge and didn't know what was going on. It all happened so quick. She was just laughing and healthy the day before. I remember coming through those double doors at the ER out there and um, the, the kids, the, the daughters and the son, they're just, they're crying, shaking their head. She, she didn't make it. Such a tough moment, you know, and a lot of you guys have experienced those moments where you just lose someone, you know. And we were just stunned, like all of us. And so we just kind of sat out there in that waiting room and we're just looking around and, you know, somebody said, well, you know, at least, at least she's with grandpa now. And I just started kind of chuckling. <laughs> and they're like, why? What was so funny? See, because here's the thing about my grandma and grandpa. They were married forever, you know, their whole life, whatever, you know, 40 years, whatever. They were married forever. And I know they loved each other, but I'm not sure they liked each other a whole lot, you know. <laughs> they always, he was like, he just always, Martha, Martha, you know, just like on her case. And she was always bugging the snot. She was so happy and just bugging the snot out of him, you know. And so I, they're, like, why, they're like, why are you laughing? I was like, well, if she's in heaven, Grandpa's already annoyed, you know. And I just like, I just made a joke, you know. And you know what happened? They all laughed. Then, then, then somebody else was like, you know what, I bet she's saying this right now and getting them laughing. And within a few minutes, you know what we were doing? We started reliving the memories, the things that they would used to do that made us laugh and kind of bickering at each other and, you know, just like how much we loved them. A few minutes later, we're all just out there just laughing. We're crying laughing, right? The doctors come out and they're like, are you guys okay? Are you... you know, she died, right? Or you're, you're laughing out here like, yeah, we're good. She's a believer. She, you, know, and we... you know what happens? Laugh and fun. It makes the bad things more bearable. You guys have experienced that. Something heavy is going on and somebody makes a joke or brings levity to it. Man, it's just it's good. Right? It's good. It makes bad times more bearable. Even in the middle of suffering, even, even in the middle of hurt, even in the middle of pain, I want to give you permission to have fun, to laugh. Do you, listen, Jesus did this. The scripture says that Jesus was a man of sorrow. He was a man of great suffering, yet he still had fun. He, he still laughed. He still enjoyed his life. Here's how I know that Jesus was, was fun to be around, because he was constantly surrounded by kids. Think about that. When's the last time you see kids run up and surround somebody who look like this? <laughs> right? Get out of my face. What you doing here, you know? No, nah, man, he's like, he's... he's <laughs> pulling treats out from his robe or whatever. No, I mean, he's just having fun, you know? He's enjoying, like, enjoying life. Did you know that the religious people, they actually, religious people were on to Jesus because they said he had too much fun. Jesus had a reputation of being a drunkard and a friend of sinners. His reputation was he had a little too much fun, you don't know him, Right? Yeah, he's, I, heard, I heard he's a drinker. I mean, he hangs out with the wrong kind of He hangs out with those crazy people. Like that, listen, I love there's, there's a story where Jesus is rolling into this town and, and there's all these religious people that want to spend time with Jesus and serious, you know, the, you know, serious and spend time with you, Jesus. And he's going through the crowd. All of a sudden he sees this crazy wild man named Zacchaeus. Man, my man, he's short. He climbed a tree to get up there to see him, you know. And Jesus is like, who's that up there? He's like, well, that's Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. He ain't a good dude. He's a little crazy. He climbed a tree to see. He's like, I want to go to his house. 
I, I think that's going to be fun. Let, let's go over there. Right? And, and see, but he didn't just go to his house to hang out. He went to his house to show him who he really was. By the end of the day, Zacchaeus has submitted his life to Jesus and his whole household as well. Because he brought some joy and some laughter. Jesus is our example of fun. He's our example of fun. Hey, go look and read some of the parables and the stories Jesus told. The parable of the prodigal son, right? Love it so much. Probably my favorite parable. Because that was me, right? Went away from God and, then, and then, then somehow just stumbled home and God met me. And I'm like, man, I love that. I love the prodigal son. But guess what? What happens? The prodigal son comes home and the first thing they do is they throw a party, right? They throw a party for him. Let's celebrate. It's a kingdom of celebration. Yeah, sometimes you've forgotten about it. Jesus said his yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's an attitude of joy, of laughter. I believe our whole faith and our whole salvation is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. I'm going to say that again. Our faith and our salvation is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. Sometimes we think that this Christian, you know, following Jesus, well, I'm just going to endure it and get through it. No, enjoy it. Number five, listen, our salvation is meant to be fun. I want to share this last story. I'll be done. In, in the book of Nehemiah, I love Nehemiah. Um, it's a story about a guy who feels called to go back to his hometown, and, and a bunch of people get together, and, and they all help restore a city that had kind of fallen to ruin. And so I just, you know, I just love this book because, you know, I, I think it's a lot about a lot like what we're trying to do here in our city, in our region. And, and, and so there's, there's, this, there's this part where they've done a lot of work, and they've kind of helped rebuild the city walls and done all this stuff. And then and then uh, they, they get up and they start reading the word of God. Because it's really good if you rebuild the city and you feed people and do some really good stuff. But at the end of the day, we got to make sure that they know God. Like, that's the most important thing, right? Make sure that people know who God is. So, so they get up and they start reading the word of God. Reading the word of God. And, and while they're reading the word of God and they're, and they're sharing God's ways, the Bible says that the people become, like, convicted. They start realizing, oh, man, we haven't been living that way. Oh, man, we need to get our life right. The Bible says they start crying. They, they, they feel convicted and they, they start to repent, which is a good thing. When we hear the word of God and we repent and we, we ask God for forgiveness, the problem is, like, so, so we can repent and that's good and it's great and we need to. And we need to hear God's word and, and know that, like, we need to submit our life more to Jesus. And, like, yes, we need those things. But what's funny is, like, a lot of us have grown up in an environment where it's, like, repent, get sad, and stay sad. Repent, get sad about how messed up you are, and stay that way. And just keep that frown on your face. No, 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 no. It says in Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 9 through 12, it says, Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, hey, guys, don't mourn or weep. Now, see, that their hearts have been broken, and it's good when it happens. It's a good thing. God needs to break our hearts every once in a while. But, but here's the response. He says, okay, good. God got, God's got your attention. Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. I mean, this is a special day. God's got your attention. For today is a sacred day before the Lord. For the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah continued, said, okay, now go and celebrate. See that? Okay, God's got your attention. 
You, you've, he's broken your heart. You've submitted your life to him. You know what you do now? Go celebrate. Go and celebrate with a feast of Taco Bell and, and <laughs> oh, come on. rich food and sweet drinks, whatever that is for you. Like, share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. And here, here's a scripture a lot of us know, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say that again, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy, the enjoyment of God is your strength. Enjoying is your strength. Man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this season. You're, you're going to get through it with the joy of the Lord. I, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the trial. You're going to get through it with the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why we got to make sure that we enjoy life, that we're enjoying God, that we're having fun. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The Levites, too, quieted the people down and said, hush, don't weep. This is a sacred day. The people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy, to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's word and understood it. Guys, we can celebrate today. I want to encourage you. It's a day to celebrate. Listen, if you've put your faith in Jesus, if you've trusted him, we are living in a position of victory. You're living in a position of victory. Victory over what? Yes. All of it. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And we are more than overcomers with Christ. Listen, you are living in a position of victory. That is reason to celebrate. Listen, if your faith is in Jesus, this is not your home. You have an eternal home where there is no sickness, no weeping, no crying, no pain, no poverty, no hurt. That is your home. That is reason to celebrate. Listen, if your faith is in Christ, if you are submitted to him, you have a relationship with the creator of the universe. It's it's reason to celebrate. Listen, if you are a believer, you got to know that you are blessed, that you have the favor of God on your life. You are a son and a daughter of God. Come on, it's reason to celebrate. It's a reason to celebrate. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Man, of all people, we ought to be the happiest. Laugh fun, man. It's good. Lighthearted. I said it last week. The Bible says for us to be salt and light. Man, salt makes bad things taste good, and light makes dark situations a little brighter. Salt and light in this world. Yeah, I was praying about how to end today, and, and, and we kind of switched our service around at the last minute, and here's why, because I, I think one of, the reason, one of the ways that we can celebrate is with this thing called communion. When you walked in, you should have received a communion cup. If you didn't, you can throw your hand in the air real quick. You can make your way back there. Somebody, there's a few of them here. If y'all can help in the back, I got a couple here. Yeah, so just help them out. That'd be great. Just keep your hand up, and Vicky and the team, they're doing a great job back there. Just grab one of those, and... and uh, You know, it's, I, I think there's different ways that we can receive communion together. There's a few different ways. One of the ways we can do it is, is, is kind of maybe a more traditional way where it's like we're real solemn and we're broken over our sin and we examine our hearts. And listen, there's times for that. But when we, when we receive communion, we can, we can focus on our failures or we can focus on the victory of Jesus. We can focus on what he's done for us. That his body was broken, that his blood was shed. And so today I want to take a few minutes and I want to do this in celebration. 
I, I want to receive communion and celebration. Let's celebrate Jesus and what he's done for us. Let's remember that by his stripes we are healed. Let's remember that the blood of Jesus covers our sins, that although we were, sorrow, they were, we were scarlet, now we're white as snow. Let's remember that. Let's celebrate that. So why don't you go ahead and peel back that top layer and grab that, that wafer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You may have never done this before. When you, when you receive this communion, whenever you, you take this here in a second after I pray, I want you to put this wafer in your mouth, and I want you to do it with a smile on your face. You've probably never done that. You're frowning, sad. There's moments for, I, well, you know, there's, yeah, I get it. I want you to do it with a smile on your face. So God, I, I pray for this. This wafer that represents your body, your body that was broken for us. We, we, we believe that by your stripes we are healed. We, are, we just claim healing in our life. God, I pray any healing that needs to take place in here, God, we have victory through you over all situations, God. I pray for physical healing that needs to take place. God, I pray for spiritual healing that needs to take place. I pray for emotional healing that needs to take place, God. And we just say that we are more than overcomers in Christ. And so we thank you for your body that was broken, that paid for it all. And we celebrate you not on our own goodness and because of what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, go ahead, come on with a smile. Go ahead and take that and eat that. We thank you, Jesus, for your body. Now, Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Without blood, there is no atonement. There's no sacrifice for sin, God. So we thank you for your blood that covers our sins from yesterday, our sins today, our sins tomorrow. We thank you for the blood that makes us white as snow. God, someday we will stand before you and it will not be because of what we've done. It will only be because of the blood of Jesus that we have access to heaven and access to eternity. So we thank you for this blood and we celebrate. God, even though that eternity, God, may not be tomorrow, God, that it starts today, that we experience it for the rest of our lives and for all of eternity. And it starts right now. We thank you for that. We thank you for your blood. We take this and we celebrate what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, go ahead and take that and drink that. Now, God, I pray that right now you would just give us a spirit of joy. God, let us live and walk and let us experience joy and fun and laughter. God, I pray that laughter would be good medicine for our souls this upcoming week. God, I pray a blessing on every person here. God, bless their homes their families, God, their finances, their children, their children's children, God, all that they put their hands to, God, bless them, their jobs, their futures, their careers, their hopes, their dreams. We give it all to you, God. Would you bless us so we can walk in blessing and so we can give back to others, bless others in return. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.